feet flat on the floor if you can get them there. Just relax your body. Start to let the day, anything that's happened during the day, anything that's on your mind about what may happen tonight or tomorrow, just let that all fade away. Begin to fade out of your system as if you were a big bathtub full of water and someone just popped open the drain. Just let that all start to leave your body. Let's take a deep breath in. And then blow out anything that's going to keep you from being present on this particular call. One more. Deep breath in. And blow it all the way out. Slowly wiggle your fingers and toes and come back into your room, come back into your body. Slowly begin to open your eyes. You know, what's interesting is uh, right after the last call we did last week where we did a meditation, someone sent me an email saying, that's the first time in about a week that I'd stopped and taken three breaths. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. Um, that wasn't exactly the point of what we were doing, but I'm so glad it was one of the unintended consequences and it's something anybody can do all the time. So before we dive in to our featured guest tonight and the awesomeness that's gonna come from him, I wanna read you guys something. A few of you that have been on my private calls have heard this before, but this is something that I've read probably 10 times in the last two weeks and I think it's really fitting for what we're talking about tonight. And it's called Playing Hurt by Stephen Pressfield. Does everybody know who Stephen Pressfield is? He's an amazing author that's written about 90 books, and I think four or five of them are massively successful. I'm pretty sure he's written some screenplays as well. He is a big deal. His book, The War of Art and Turning Pro, have been hugely instrumental in my life mm. and in the lives of a lot of entrepreneurs and especially writers. So here we go. <clears throat> The past two and a half years have been really rough for me. Issues of love and work, health and mortality have pushed me into places I've never been before. Yet through all of this chaos, I've produced some of the best work of my life. I think there's a connection. It's a myth, in my opinion, that we need to have our ducks in a row to produce good work. When I first started writing seriously in my late 20s, I would work for 10 hours a day in the prime of health with nothing to distract me. Now I'm lucky if I get an hour and a half and I've got more balls in the air than I can count. Yet I do more now and do it better than I did then. When I was finishing the profession 18 months ago, I was so sick that I had to work standing up naked from the waist down. Don't ask. I was so unstable emotionally that I couldn't be alone at night. I was riddled with doubt. I had lost all bearings. Yet the work was good. The idea that we need to be fit and trim and sane and organized to do good work is baloney. The best stuff I've done, I've produced under excruciating pressure of time and money amid massive resistance, insecurity, and self-doubt with my personal life in chaos. Not that I'm recommending such a state, but the fact remains, 
You can light up the board even with both hands tied behind your back and your feet sunk in 40 pounds of cement. Athletes play hurt. Warriors fight scared. Mothers give birth cursing and babies emerge to daylight, bawling and thrashing and wishing only to turn around and crawl right back where they came from. The act of creation, particularly self-creation, is messy. It hurts. It's terrifying. But panic, self-doubt, claustrophobia, morbid dread, and all the classic, quote, all is lost, unquote, symptoms are good. Even if they scare the bejesus out out of us while we're experiencing them, they're good because they are the product of being in over our heads. And being in over our heads makes us stretch and grow, stretch and recover, stretch and recover. I've been on the road for the most of the past two months doing work that's at least one, if not two levels beyond my capacity. It has paralyzed me at times. There were mornings when I woke up in my hotel room and had to say to myself, literally, now Steve, brush your teeth. I had to make my hand pick up the brush. I had to walk myself into the shower. If I could have pushed a button and magically rematerialized at home, I would have done it, yet the work came out great. This will be a short post with a short moral. It's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If you're experiencing it as hard, you are not crazy, you're sane. Your perception is on target. When you're stretching, it's hard, and that's all there is to it. I'll try to remember that if you will. And so I read you guys that because what we're talking tonight about is the power of story and the power of the stories we tell ourselves and the limiting beliefs that are often planted in those stories or supported by those stories. And how many of us on this call, and I'll put my hand up in in all honesty, have said, I will do X when I'm so ready and I know the, gar- the outcome is guaranteed, whatever that why is, right? Or I'll go to the gym when I get in shape. I'll write that book when I do X. I'll start X when Y over and over and over and over. And I'll introduce Jeremy in a second here, but he and I are both coaches who deal with people every single day. And I believe the vast or the core of what we deal with is the stories that those people tell themselves. And when we can take those stories apart, sometimes gently, sometimes with a bomb and say, look what's underneath there. What you're telling yourself, is it true? And I'll come back to this later in the call. Is it true? Is it provable? Are you too old? Are you too young? Are you too fat? Are you too thin? Are you too rich? Are you too poor? Do Do you not have enough information? Do you need X? Do you need Y? Do you really? If I could find someone who wants to do the thing that, you're, that you want to do and they, they're doing it with less information, less age, less money, less whatever, would that prove your story false? And just having the awareness of looking at that story from a different angle or from a, wow, maybe that's not really true. Oftentimes that blows it up. So, so Jeremy and I are going to dive into that in, in a minute. For those of you on the call who don't know me, my name is Trevor Bohm. I'm the founder of Man Uncivilized and the Uncivilized Nation, and I'm an author, speaker, and coach, primarily working with men, but also working with a number of female clients. And I say I get people from A to B. That's what I do. 
and I do it faster than they can do on their own. And guess what? I hire people to get me from A to B because I can sit and tell a client, here are all the ways that your story is bullshit and then get on the phone with a coach and be like, no, 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 no. I'm actually a unique human. My situation is entirely unique to every other human on the planet. So allow me to not do this thing that I said I want to do because of this brilliantly crafted story and then watch them blow it up. And one of those people in my life who I will talk to, not, not professionally, but personally, on the reg is the man who I'd love to introduce right now, the author of It'll Be Okay and So Will You, the founder of... Close. It's not quite the title, but it's close. It's It'll good. be okay and you will be too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah that's good. Yeah. Jeremy Goldberg. Yeah. Hey. What's up? I'm unmuting myself just to clap, but Jeremy, if you give everybody a little, uh, a quick and dirty about who you are, what you do, and then uh, how Ooh. you help people with story. Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. So, so who am I? My, uh, my background is, uh, well, I, so I have a similar like elevator pitch. I, I say that, that I help people get where they want to go, mm. right? Like I, I help people understand what they truly want and then how to get there. And we, I do that by helping them to identify quite simply, like, where do you want to go? Where are you now? And like, what's the, what's the route, right? Mm -hmm. In like the most easily, most fun, most efficient way possible. But uh, my background is in science. I'm a science nerd uh, <laughs> for many, like proudly, yeah. Uh, for many years, I worked in government and universities uh, internationally on conservation and sustainability issues. Mm. And I did a... So I was involved in management, trying to change people's behaviors, trying to influence the actions that people do. And that led me to doing a PhD where I was exploring uh, human behavior and trying to understand our belief systems and how we can actually influence those beliefs. Mm. And I did that from an environmental context, which is like, how do we convince people to buy solar panels, not litter, respect the laws, mm. you know, save the coral, save the fish, etc. cetera. Um, so that's my background. And then I when I was doing that PhD, I started this side project called Long Distance Love Bombs, which was me trying to make kindness cool mm. and the world better than yesterday. And I was just writing and ranting and talking about compassion and love and vulnerability and heartache and all this stuff. And then after a couple of years, I kind of like synergized both of those and um, became a coach and started doing online workshops and teaching online courses and um, trying to basically help people understand this wild, ridiculous thing called life. Yeah. And, uh, and as you say, you know, just trying to explore the right questions, explore the, the foundational ways that our brains work. Yeah. And trying to manipulate that in a way that's like, gets us where we want to go, basically. Beautiful, beautiful. That's, that's my jam. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, yeah. Let me just dive right in with, with some questions that may, that I'm always curious about. And I think will help people out there too, is yeah. when, do you think it's more important for people to know where they are, know where they're going or have any idea of the pitfalls that may be befalling them? Do you have a, a priority list with any of those? Uh, like just off the top of my head, I think it's more important to know where you are than where you want to go. Um, and I, like I, I say that like a vague map or like a crap map is better than no map. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel like if you know where you are and you can be happy in the present moment and you can enjoy your life as it is now, yeah. then, 
then like the future idea kind of becomes irrelevant and mm-hmm. in, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, I try to um, I try to tease that out of like, why are you not happy and content and thriving now? Mm. What's going on now? And oftentimes that involves, uh, like I said, you know that movie Benjamin Button? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, I love tangents and profanity as well. To those of you who don't know me, oh yeah, yeah. you can so, see uh, what you want here. Yeah, so yeah, like fucking Benjamin Button, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like he like starts as this old man, and then he like grows backwards into like this fetus or whatever. Yeah. So, so I like help people understand like let's start in the future, and then we'll work back to the present, and then like to really explore the present, you have to understand the past mm. because the past is where we sort of were taught what to think, what to believe, our past relationships, past trauma, childhood, breakups, all that shit has written these stories, these narratives in our brains that are affecting how we operate now. And so for me, it's like about understanding all of that previous stuff and exploring that and then getting good now. Mm. And it's like, okay, now you're strong and you're happy and you're content now. Now, now where do we want to go? Right. Beautiful. Uh, and I think it can be very overwhelming for people sometimes to get stuck in the, pre- uh, the future or the past and not be here now. And right. so when we do that, a lot of our problems are created simply in that. Like, what's going to happen? What will this happen? What will happen? It's like, yo, yeah. take some breaths, man. Chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, uh, my buddy, he, he said this quote, and I think it was his dad or grandfather, but he probably saw it from someone else. Uh, Don't worry about the donkey going blind. Just load the cart. I like that. <laughs> I'd say it all the time where people are like, but what if, you know, what if two years down the road, this whole project's failed? So it was like, what are you going to do today? Yeah. And what if it does? What if it doesn't? Deal with that then. Yeah. What if it's wildly successful? What if the donkey has 20-20 vision the rest of his life? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the donkey. <laughs> like, get another donkey. Donkeys are expendable. <laughs> This is this kind of genius is why I uh, I wanted you to co- wanted you to come on. I'm getting fired. You guys up. can tweet that donkeys are expendable. Donkey, hashtag <laughs> hashtag donkeys are expendable. Hashtag fuck the donkey. We're gonna get so much hate mail from Peta. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Oh dear. If you would, uh, yeah. You're a prolific writer. Yeah, a prolific a writer. Yeah. Uh, what's the story that you believe about your writing? Because I, and I'll ask you this, I'll preface this by saying, I have a lot of writers contact me mm-hmm. with the question of what's your writing process? What's your morning routine? What's the tea that you drink before you sit down and write? And I say like, none of it does that. None of that means shit. The story, I, I'll tell my story after. What's the story you tell yourself about writing if you do? Um, so my story is that I am, my, my whole business is, reliance upon my content and the way that I produce content is to write. Like that's my, that's my medium of choice. Like Mm -hmm. that's my instrument, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so years ago I just decided that I'm going to write every day. Like I'm going to make it a thing Mm -hmm. where I just write every day. And if I want to get better at my business, then I need better content. Mm. And the way to get better is to do work. Is mm-hmm. to like practice, right? Mm-hmm. I just decided years ago to mm-hmm. initiate a writing practice. 
Ooh. And to like make, you know, like yoga practice, meditation mm-hmm. practice, whatever, like right. practice. But like, so like practice doesn't make perfect, like perfect practice makes perfect, right? right. You can practice like with, the, with music blasting and you're not really focused and you're not like really in the zone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Practice like, anyway, so, so I decided to do that. And I was at the time a full-time like student slash employee for the government. And I was Mm -hmm. starting this side project and I was working in the evenings and I was on the weekends, like cramming time into this passion project. And I would get home from work and I was like really exhausted Mm. working all day. And it was, yeah. And then one day I just had this, this brilliant simplistic insight, which is what if you just got up earlier and (laughs) Right? Which at the time, man, for me, this was like, <laughs> what if you prioritize the thing that you want to prioritize? It was like an epiphany wrapped in a miracle, man. Right. I started, uh, I started going to uni like earlier and, uh, and I would write for like an hour in the morning, mm. like seven to eight or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. You know, not every day, but pretty much every day. Right. And then like at 8 a.m. I would like, I imagined that I had this, this little dude in my head controlling these levers and I would like, like shut down artist, creative writer and like yeah. scientist, scientist, like engage, <laughs> and I would like, you know, turn on my fucking like Excel spreadsheet superpower and my yeah. PowerPoint and like analytical science voice. So that was like my, for years, man, that was my thing. But yeah, um, I just made it a practice of like, no, I write. And then the funny thing that happens with that is you <clears> shift your idea, for me at least, I started shifting my identity of how I saw myself. And it became this thing of like, no, no, like I just, I write every day. Like, yeah. period, man. Like, I don't, I don't fuck around with that. It's like, it gets done. And I started to crave it. Like, yeah. it became like a, like eating or drinking or showering or whatever. It was just like, no, like I have to feed the pony. Feed the donkey, whatever. Yeah, like. Feed the donkey. Yeah, hashtag feed the Beautiful. donkey. So yeah. your story became that you were a writer. Yeah, man. And I remember the first time I'd, I'd written this originally, like all these blogs, and I was trying to publish it. And this woman who I just met introduced me to somebody else. This is like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Just, oh, this is Jeremy. He's a writer. Right. And I, inside my whole body, like, like constricted. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm not a writer. Yeah. But because I had in my head this vision that like writers publish award-winning books and like they get paid and they do right. all the things. And, and now I firmly believe that like if you write every day, you're a fucking writer. Yeah. If you do yoga every day, you're a yogi. Like, right. uh, period. Yeah. Paint every day, you're an artist. Like, and, yeah. I, and I believe we're all artists. So, so that's, that's how I view writing now is like, mm. it's just a thing that I do. Mm-hmm that's just it. Like I love words, mm. lyrics mm-hmm. and like, man, I get inspired by fucking terrible advertising campaigns, mm-hmm. and billboards, like logos. Yeah. Words, Con- right? Conversations, man. Hang out with me long enough and I'll inevitably say this to you. I'll be like, Ooh, that's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stealing that. Huh? And I'll write it down in my notes, <laughs> in my phone. And I, or, or I'll say, you're going to see that on Instagram one day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Freaking steal it. I'm stealing it. I tell people all the time, oh, man, I'm stealing that. 
beautiful. That. I yeah. hope people got from that that the story he was telling himself shifted. Totally. Right? And had to start with this, the story is I write every day. Period. Whether I get paid for it, it's published. People like it. It's good. I write every day. And especially if anybody on this call, we'll just shift this, keep this to writers because um, so many writers out there are struggling with the one thing that they claim they want to be doing, which is writing. And last week I talked about resistance because of Stephen Pressfield and talk about resistance a lot. If you don't know what resistance is, it's Stephen Pressfield's idea that when you make a claim in the world that you're going to do something, an equal if not stronger force of opposition gets born to go against you, right? And so one of the things I said last week, which I believe fully, is that resistance sleeps in. And that's the story I tell myself. So when I was on the phone last week with a buddy who's been trying to write a book for four years and uh, kept grilling me on my morning routine as if there was some combination of elements that tea plus candle plus journal plus meditation plus push-ups was what birthed my books. And I said, here's my morning routine when I'm writing. I get up, I pee, I pour a cup of coffee, I sit down and I start typing. And anything that comes between eyes open and typing besides peeing and coffee is going to try to kill my idea for the day. And I believe that, that if I open my email, there's like sabotage, resistance has sent me emails that are going to be like, don't write today. Here's some important shit you have to handle. Yeah. Right. If I check my phone, there's going to be text messages that will be like, don't write today. Let's create some drama. And boom, it's inevitable. Yeah. So let me shift gears. So writers, you've heard from two writers here who have written books. We get up, we write. If you're a painter, get up and paint. If you're a guitarist, get up and play the guitar. Whatever it is that you do, get your ass up early and get to it. Mm. Jeremy, would you mind telling us a little bit about any story you have from a client or working with someone who the story was so clear to you that they were telling themselves that was getting in their own way and how you helped them clear through it? Do you have an example that pops into your head? Yeah, there's like, there's countless, man. But like one, one that was like, very fun and very easy for me. Mm -hmm. so you have like easy clients and then you have like kind of harder clients, right? Yeah. Or the problems are, are more in depth. So this is like a really easy one for me where I was like, so this woman is telling me like, I really want to be a, a coach. I really want to be a writer, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm not doing it. And, and so we were like working through it. Right. And I was like, okay, why don't you tell me, tell me what's going on, like where you're at. She's like, well, I've got a full-time job, but um, I write every day. I write, I've written 300 blog posts in the last year. Mm. I just launched my website. I bought a domain. And I'm starting to get coaching clients. And, uh, you know, but it's just, it's not working, right? Mm. So I was like, what, what do you mean? And so I basically, was just, I just told this woman, I'm like, you're, you're, you're already there. Like, you're doing it. This, yeah. is like, this is literally how you start a business. This is literally how you start as a writer. You're, you're doing it. Yeah. Right? And just that perspective shift changed everything for this lady. And she suddenly realized that uh, she's doing enough uh, and, that, and that she's where she needs to be. Mm -hmm. And that like all the fear and the feelings that were coming up for her <clears throat> in her process were like, were okay mm -hmm. and normal. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
And that was really empowering for her. And that just becomes, again, part of the identity shift, right? Of, of how you see yourself. And so from yeah. that point forward, she was, we had this joke where she would just email me and be like, I'm already doing it. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. you're already, you're like, you know, here's your invoice, but you know, right, right, right. you're already doing it. And uh, so I think it's up to the, it's all different by individual. Like we all have our own blocks and limitations that are yeah. based on our own programming. Right. So, right. so the work of like coaching is to sort of tease out right. or sort of like poke, poke yeah. in here in a bunch of different ways and then yeah. be like, Oh, that one's sensitive. Like, let's play with that. Like right. I use that line on black. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to do you want to dance with that for a minute? And yeah. then it, and then now the clients that know me, they're like, oh no, like what, <laughs> what have you found? Or like, what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the that's the way I see it, right? Is because um, we're born we're born just blank canvases, right? Or right. blank pages, babies. Like no, none of these babies grow up or are born. You know, you don't see six month olds like I'm so inadequate. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, so I'm such a bad crawler. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the worst <laughs> nipple sucking thing that's ever been around. Like it's all learned, you know what I mean? Like it's all learned behavior, and and so I think that's a really empowering thing too. Is that at our core foundational humanness? Right. We're not our beliefs. Mm. We're just ourselves, and that because the beliefs are learned, right. they can also be unlearned, and in that way, beliefs are choices. Yeah. That to me is like one of the most profound and powerful things that I know to be true. Would you mind saying that again in case anybody missed it? Yeah. In like a really deep voice as well. Yeah. Can you just like it? Yeah. 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 We're going to start charging for these. Go for it. Yeah. This is (laughs) sultry. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, but like, so beliefs are choices. Like if you remember nothing else from this call, except me talking about donkeys, like beliefs are choices. Right. And what I mean by that is that I, I feel, or I, I know that beliefs are, if you imagine like a pyramid of sorts, mm-hmm. like our beliefs are like the foundational elements mm. of our existence. And our beliefs will affect our attitudes and our emotions and our feelings and our actions, etc. And then that sort of, then those things will scale up and affect our quality of life, our mood, etc. And I think that the foundation of it is, is a belief system right that is just a, a program operating in in the computer that is our brains that mm-hmm. was installed at birth or, or after birth you know in the first year it was installed and then periodically there's like an upgrade of like oh here's some bonus trauma or like right. oh here's some heartbreak to make you know that life is hard and the world is evil you know what i mean and then yeah. we learn these things and in response we we live in such a way that protects us or helps us to thrive or be comfortable, right? Right. And then we get older and we're like, man, shit is fucked. I don't understand my life. Like, what's going on? You right. know, I've got, got the house, I got the kid, I got the pet, I got the car. Yeah. Job. And like, there's something missing, right? It's that classic. Mm, classic. going on. And right. it's, uh, it's some, something going on in here, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of a long rant. But. No, no, no. I think it's, I think it's super important for, for, all of us, myself included, to be able to, to ask honestly, this is what I, I sort of brought up in the beginning, of when you run into your limiting story, uh, I ask clients all the time, is it true? Yeah. Like, tr- is, it re- is what you just said actually true? Yeah. And if so, 
Is like it I provable? For, I ask for evidence. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Is there, is there literally no one your age doing the thing you want to do because you've said you're too old? Is there no one older than you? If I can find one person that's yeah. 42, that's starting a business and you're 39, you're fucked. Yeah. Welcome to coaching. Yeah. And you get these very sweeping generalizations, usually, <laughs> usually indicated by the words never or always. always. <laughs> like, uh, all the men in New York are assholes. You're yeah. like, really? Really? All of them? Or like, oh, you know, this always, I always get laid off or whatever. Or, you know, we forget that overall life is pretty freaking great. Yeah. For all of us. Like, we've got spleens and toes and eyes and like do you know how much has to go right every day for your heart to beat blood through microscopic tunnels all over your body yeah or just that you can understand what i'm saying because i'm making weird noises in my mouth yeah like, there's a lot that's going right and i right. think and i think we can lose sight of that amidst the pain and the the big picture kind of stuff of course yeah of course so so we just had a question Art, would you mind if I unmuted you and just had you ask this out loud so we can, instead of me reading it? Yeah. Go sure. for it, brother. Sorry, guys. I'm just sitting in a cafe right now. It's okay. Uh, I just wanted to say, I, I sort of wrote down that why does it seem like we, when we deconstruct our belief system and we find some sort of freedom and light in that, um, it somehow finds its way back together. It's like those days where you just have an amazing day and you go to bed feeling amazing about mm -hmm. how you have shifted your belief system and then you wake up in the morning and it's like you're back to square one like Groundhog Day. Mm. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I can, I can rant about that for sure. sure. I'll jump in uh, after. So these are just, just initial thoughts, but w one thing that comes to mind is, is like our, our belief systems and like our neural pathways biologically in our brain have been wired over decades. Right. So, so imagine running the same or walking the same path through the fields for 30 years and it starts to get worn in. Right. And it's like a, a dirt path amidst the grass. And then suddenly you're like, Oh, I'm going to, um, I don't like this path. I want to walk this new way. And like, it's just easier to walk on that path. And so, so our brains are kind of hardwired to operate as efficiently as, as easily as possible. And so we often don't spend time consciously and deliberately processing all the things that we have to do day after day after day. And so because of the efficient nature of the brain to save energy and save time and operate quickly, we often just make these snap judgments. And so it's like, oh, uh, like something will happen and it'll just be like an immediate response. Mm. So, you know, maybe you'll get insulted and your brain's like insulting means anger. Oh, I need to be angry, right? And so then that, that's the old hardwired system of like the, the dirt path, so to speak. And then the process of changing that is, is like cultivating a pause between that response or between the, the thing that's happened, the stimulus, pause, response, right? And so in that pause lies the magic <clears throat> of like consciously thinking, okay, what, or what else could this mean? Or what's the most beneficial way for me to respond or, you know, who, who do I want to be in this moment? And then the more that you do that, it's a practice, again, the better that you get. And then you sort of start to create this new path of like, oh, when I get insulted, I pause. Or does that make sense? And so it can be really frustrating because you want to change it and you know, you know better. 
but there's this still automated process going on that has been decades in the making, right? And so if it's been decades in the making, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to rewire yourself. That's my initial. Beautiful. Snap. What do you think, Trevor? I have a less scientific thought of it. Um, and more so of just the same brain that we use to, you know, design our check, to do our checking account, to get from A to B, to make eggs in the morning. That's not the brain we make big life changing pattern decisions with of I'm going to be more peaceful. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm going to only date people who respect me. I think that happens on a much lower level in our body. I'm not sure how else to describe this other than it's guttural, which is oftentimes it takes a trauma. I call it, it, it takes the veil being pierced and really it's the veil of our ego where <clears throat> when people, uh, and I know personally when people experience major traumas and in that moment make a life-changing decision of, okay, that's the last time, you know, they get pulled over for a DUI and they spend the night in jail and they go, that's the last time I'm ever having a drink. And boom, they do. Where perhaps for the six years prior, they eh, flirted with the idea of like, oh, I'll just quit drinking in January. I'll quit drinking, et cetera. It takes something to take that decision and drop it down. Now, that, that's also, it can be done consciously. But as Jeremy said, it takes almost a meditative practice of having the space between the natural instinctive response and the creation of a proactive response where you're going to go decision, stimulus, response, decision, stimulus, pause, oh, fuck, response, stimulus, pause, decision, ah, different response. And then just like he said, that pathway through the field, the more times that pathway, that new pathway gets walked, the more often it gets solidified and then suddenly what happens is you'll get that same stimulus and before you can even think to pause, you enact the new response. You react, you enact the more conscious response. And so much of this, I think, is about the consciousness with which you carry out your day. So if you are actually in practice of meditation, if you are in practice of every single time you, you think of it or not, you stop and take a deep breath and know what the hell's going on around you, then this becomes much and much, much easier and easier and easier. Unfortunately, we are all hooked to unconsciousness devices throughout the day. You know, put your phone down for an hour, do 15 minutes of free writing, take 10 deep breaths and go walk around. And see how much control you have over your thoughts and your responses. And then hop on Instagram for a couple hours and, you know, screw around and, and be unconscious and do the same. And, and then you'll see how much more challenging it is. And I think just to add to that, sure. I think another way to practice this is not necessarily waiting for those potential responses to trigger that, that pathway, but to go out and actively seek um, to experience the world in the way that you want to see it. And what I mean by that is if you want to be more grateful, for example, if you want to change your belief, you know, that good things happen to me or whatever, then you actively seek that. And that might mean write down 10 things, 
every day that you're grateful for, or to go for a walk and find five things that really blow your mind because they're beautiful. Mm. And like, so you're basically actively trying to see the world in a different light. And in the same way of anything that you practice, it slowly becomes easier and easier and easier the more that you do it. Mm. And you can do that with virtually anything of like, if you want to be a more confident person, you like, before you go to bed, like, what are three things today where I was confident? Or, hey, I'm going to go on my lunch break. I need to be confident. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got a, a woman who's um, a client of mine, and I've given her a challenge for this week to actively ask for help because she has a really hard time receiving, and she has a really hard time approaching other people, and she believes that, you know, this, this, and that. And I was like, all right, guess what? Your challenge is every day this week to go, you have to ask strangers for help. And you have to put yourself in that place. And so in that way, she's practicing the process of receiving. She's practicing mm -hmm. the process of being confident to act, talk to strangers. And it's going to shift the way that she sees the world now. So you, can, sure. you can create these little experiments for yourself. Like I, I was going through the airport like a week ago and I was like, I'm just going to, my challenge because these long lines are driving me cuckoo up a tree, security and whatnot. I'm like, I'm going to challenge myself to make every person that I interact with smile. Like that was my, ch it was just like a dumb little woo-woo cliche challenge thing, right? But I'm like, if I put myself in that mindset, like I'll probably be better off for it. And it was like a game, right? And it was like, and then I became like a little bit more charming and a little bit more happy and a little bit more confident. And my experience in that security line was different as a consequence because I chose to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these lenses on, my freaking confident lenses or whatever, and I'm going to actively see the world in that way. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a different way to, to play with that same idea. I love it. Love it. Love it. And since we're talking about story, just to add on to that, uh, start to become hyper, hyper vigilant about the words that you use hmm. all day, every day you're going to catch yourself saying a quick sentence and be like, Oh shit, that's not true. Or, Oh shit. I just said that because I think I, I want to bond with these people and complaining is an easy way to bond. Uh, words are things. They're actual, actual things. Uh, I like to tell clients that when you say a word, it's as if an, a physical thing gets birthed into the world and you take that physical thing and you put it in a backpack and you carry that backpack with you all day. And so if you say, this sucks, I hate it. It's, this is the worst place I've ever been. I can't believe these fucking people. How come someone can be FaceTiming in the airport? I've never said that myself personally, but why would you be FaceTiming in the airport? What's wrong with you? I'm now walking around with that backpack as opposed to man, just like Jeremy said, creating a frame for the experience with my own words. I'm going to play a game. This is the beauty of being human. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. So you can create these little games and experiments all day long of, I want to walk through this airport and have people think I am the funniest guy in here and just play it. It's, a, it's an experiment. There, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's no, no wrong that will come of it. And you can do that with every room you walk in. You can do it with every date you go on, with every phone call you make. You can set the frame of, hey, this is how I want this to be. And then choose the words that that person or, that, or someone having that experience 
would have. Beautiful. Let's see. Did we, did we get another? We got a couple more questions here. Um, yeah. Nicola, I would love if we could unmute you and just ask you if there's anything that you're, uh, you're dealing with or would love to share or anything we can help you with since I think you came the furthest. <laughs> I haven't came yet. <laughs> oh please um, this is what happens this is the nights in uncivilized land go for it i haven't either but the night's young right <laughs> i haven't actually i haven't actually got a question i'm really enjoying the conversation um i will chime in in thoughts become things and mm. i am a firm firm as fuck believer in choosing your choices and the words that come out of your mouth every day and yeah. choosing to come from a space of love and from a heart space to everybody that you interact with, irrespective of what they shining at you or what you shining back at them. Yeah. Um, I, it's something that I work on every single day. When I wake up in the morning, if I feel like I've, waking up in a shit position like i'll literally get back into bed and climb back out again and go okay fuck i'm having a good day today and because i said that i will and i choose it because i believe it so for me i just think uh i love watching you guys and i love learning things and i am loving you guys raising the vibration of the planet and i'm just like rock on thank you thank you thank you thank you (laughs) you know even when jeremy and i talk we'll catch each other or I'll ca- we'll catch ourselves and say like, you know what, let me mm. take that back. Let me, I, I don't want those words out in the world. And for all of you, if you can find people in your life and have that standard, right? Be vigilant about the words that come into your ear. Be vigilant about the words that people speak around you. One of the few times I will unload on clients, uh, especially men, is when they call themselves names. When they say, God, I was such a fucking pussy this weekend. I did this, or I was just being a little bitch. And I will literally be like, this is, you're about to get a piano dropped on you because that shit is so unacceptable. And I wouldn't allow you to speak it to a 10 year old in front of you or yourself or, or anybody I knew and anybody I liked. So don't you ever, ever, ever say that shit around me again. And usually there's like, that coming out of the out of the but i believe it right do you as well jeremy talk to me a little bit if you would about how you interact with clients and their words oh yeah well i love that visual of a piano being dropped on you hell yeah 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 for sure and i think it goes back to this idea of um like it's very easy to bully ourselves or to get in these like spiral patterns of like you know, I, I catch myself often being like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, wait, no, you're not an idiot. Mm. An idiotic thing. Like, that's, a, that's different. Like, you're not stupid. You didn't think through what happened. Like, I literally just yesterday did a podcast with, a, with this person. Yeah. It was fucking great. And it was 100 minutes. And it was fire. It was so good. And they leave. And I record, I push to listen to it again. And like their, their voice is so washed out. And I realized I had the wrong setting on the stupid fucking gizmo. <laughs> they made the symbols look very similar. They're, one of them is two circles like this. 
And one of them is two circles that barely, uh, you look on your mic, man, you'll see yeah. it. So I was like, ah, yeah. you idiot. And I was just like, wait, no, this is an opportunity to learn to be more careful next time with the details, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah. so Tony Robbins has that great line of like, how can I use this? What can I learn from this? Right. This um, is so I love that. Practice. But in terms of like words, yeah, man, <clears throat> words, words are fire, words are power. Mm. And um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very heightened and sensitive to the way that people communicate about the world and about themselves when I'm dealing with clients. And I'm yeah. often in the same way of you are of like, hang on, what can we play with that? Or, hey, what, what's another way to look at that? Or, you know, that, you know, right? you're uh, call them out. Um, right. And I think the work then lies in that awareness aspect, again, of being conscious of how we communicate to ourselves primarily because we're often stuck in here talking to ourselves right about whatever like oh the 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 so much traffic or this idiot in front of me and it's like yeah. hang on like yeah. you know he might just he might be in a rush to get to the hospital because his right. mom just died or, or who knows um right but i think for me like seeing that compassionate side of of the world is is really a fun game but yeah yeah especially when people are compassionate outward they will then have a much easier time to be compassionate inward and shocking how much of humanity is actually kind and compassionate outward and absolutely brutal to themselves. The yeah. words that people say to themselves, the sentences that people say to themselves, the thoughts people say to themselves. And so often it is someone else's words <clears throat> that they heard in their life and are now just repeating yeah. and repeating and, and are even unconscious about how often do you call yourself an idiot in a given week? Holy shit. Imagine if that was replaced with just maybe once, you know, yesterday I would say you acted unskillfully and <laughs> so be it. And in the moment it would be like, I acted unfucking skillfully and, and throw a little, you know, punch a pillow, but you're not stupid. You're a doctor. First of all, I mean, I have proof. Like there's actual proof that you're a doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, you're a doctor. But, but like I know in my heart that like if I can get that and, and then like anybody can get that, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but like so, so to play with that a little bit more, one thing that I do with myself and with clients is have them name that voice. You know like that Pixar yeah. movie where the dude has like a bunch of weird cartoon creatures in, in his brain? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like the fucking angry guy and like the happy blissful one. And then like, I don't know what they are, but there's like a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, like that's how we are. Yeah. And so there's real power I find in, in naming the voices and being mm -hmm. grateful for the voices and recognizing that like there's a thousand in there mm -hmm. of which one character might have a megaphone at mm -hmm. this moment. Right. Yeah. And so it's things like, Oh, there's, there's scared Sammy again. Right. Like, Hey Sam. Like, I hear you, I know you're scared about launching this website or submitting this article or having the conversation, but like, and I know you want to keep me safe and I know you want to keep me comfortable, but like, we're doing this anyway. So sit the fuck down, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> Anxious Allie or whatever, like, you know, pissed off Peter and like name right. them. And yeah. like, it's really helpful because then you can hear those thoughts and you'll be like, oh, Peter, what's up? Like. And, and the underlying importance of that is recognizing that you're not your thoughts in your head. You're like that great analogy, like you're the sky and the thoughts are, or the, the thoughts are just clouds passing by. Mm. And so you're something more. You're not the words that you speak to yourself. You're not 
your job. You're not your car. You're not this. It's like, you're something so much bigger and grander yeah. and um, naming how you're feeling or how you're thinking is a powerful way to separate that from, from your true self. Beautiful. Beautifully stated as well. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your book? Yeah, which man. I'm going to link again. And I love this thing. This is a daily, no matter what I do, <laughs> Uh, no matter what I have going on, I find yeah. something in here every day that I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's really, really good. That's really, really heartfelt. That, that, Thanks, that's, I, I hate the words like, that's exactly what I needed today. But yeah. that's exactly what I needed today, right? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm happy to do that. I didn't anticipate a book plug or... Um, I don't care. Whatever. Okay. Plugging your book. Okay. <laughs> just, a, just a quick run. Like, what was the yeah, inspiration behind it? Yeah, so so like I write I write a lot of like uh, encouraging and inspiring shit like yeah, high energy, get you through the day. Like my Instagram feed mm-hmm. is like a lot of like, come on, mm-hmm. we're conquering the world, let's do it, kind of shit. Um, but then also I mix in a lot of uh, like psychology and sociology and help people explain or help people help people understand why our brains work the way they do and how we can change it and all that shit. Um, so the book is basically a collection of some of the more uplifting, like short and sweet in, in internet meme, snazzy little mantra type of things that I've written. Mm-hmm. And it's the pages are perforated so you can rip them out and like hang them or gift them or frame them or like leave them in random places throughout the, the world. And um, I just like the idea of um, encouraging action. So like letting people do, do something. So like rip this freaking thing out, hang it on your bathroom mirror, like see it every day. Like yeah. it's in your purse, put this in your rear view mirror of your car, like you use it, do it. Uh, not instead of like just having knowledge and then it sits on a shelf and we forget about it. Right. But that, it started because years ago when I first started doing this long distance love bombs thing, I, I wrote these little love bombs and I just left them all over the place everywhere I went like on the back of my business cards I would just write little funny notes like yeah like you're a, you're a beautiful fucking tiger in the zoo of life or what I don't know just made that shit up but yeah like little things that like and I would leave it like in the potato pile at the supermarket or like yeah. on, underneath the windshield wiper of a car and just like I started just like throwing out this crap mm. that I thought was inspiring and um, and so the book's just like a collection of that stuff yeah, one of my favorites is uh, the meaning of life is to love yours. And yeah. it's so profoundly simple. And to think of how many people have uh, that question of what is the meaning of why am I here? What am I doing? And, and, you know, we work with, I work with a lot of men who, what is, or even people, like, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I don't know if I ever told you this, but Poe Bronson wrote the book. Um, is it like, what am I going to do when I grow up or something to that effect? And I was on a trip in my twenties on a yacht uh, for work. And I had that book and this book, I was like, Oh, I'll just read this and toss it. And then I gave it to the nanny and the nanny gave it to the chef and the chef gave it to the, our, our billionaire clients. They both read it. And every, every single person in the orbit read the book. Cause they were like, I don't know why I'm here. I, from every station of life, from like a 19-year-old girl to a 72-year-old 70, was trying to figure that one out. So um, I've, I've linked Jeremy's book. 
a couple places here, you guys. This is a, a great Christmas present. This is also just a phenomenal thing to have for yourself and a, a fantastic resource. And uh, I love your work. I think it's it's just so goddamn honest. And that we have a uh, a desert of at this current time. You know, yeah, there's yeah. A, a lot I think of. I'm just gonna rant because I'm fired up now. Go for it, right? Go for it. Go for but it. Like, but like, really, like we need people living their dreams and like doing hard things and like launching the business and making the art and like speaking your truth and like having the hard chat with your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or whatever. Like we desperately need people coming alive. Yeah. And like, and this complaining about the state of the world and this asshole president or whatever you believe, like, we need people loving themselves. We need people loving each other. We need more of that. Right. And so like my jam is, and sort of yours as well, Traver, is like helping us to help each other, help ourselves to like raise the energy or whatever woo-woo term you want to use. But like, fuck, we've got some work to do. Yeah. We need to start doing it, you know? So Amen, brother. real power in that. And if that book can, can help someone through the day or like, push you along a little bit to do the thing, then sweet. And if you need other work, also sweet. But like, please recognize that like, it's all just a story and mm. you can be it until you are it is this thing that I love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Decide what you want to be, go be it. I just posted on Instagram. Yeah. Just go and do the damn thing. Like we, right. need, we need you. Yeah. Like, we need you. So I, I get really passionate about this. And yeah, I, it, 100% right. I can tell. It's, yeah. it's so true, right? It's, and when you deal with people every day on this basis and go, no, 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 it's just a fucking story. It's just, it's just a story. story. It's yeah. not true. You're lying to yourself. And it's like the matrix, man. Years can be different if you yeah. just drop that fucking story and decide to consciously pick up another one. Yes, that. <sighs> and like, that again, beliefs are a choice. And like when you recognize that beliefs are a choice, that the narrative is just a story, that you're literally holding the pen and you're the critic. Mm. And so you're like creating your life and then tearing it apart. Mm. It's like this weird thing. And it's like, yo, just shut up critic Charlie or whatever the fuck you want to name him. Yeah. And like grab the pen yeah. and like focus on that. Like yeah. that empowering process. Of like don't like it? Sweet look at it in a different way. Like, how can you be grateful for this now? What is this teaching you? Like, hate your boss, awesome. He's teaching you a whole lot about patience. You know what I mean? Like, all these things, they're, they're a part of the process of like elevating and growing and like becoming. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I tell people that that critic is like having a bipolar roommate. Yeah. He just got, he's not moving out, guess what? And some days he's gonna be crashed on the, on the couch depressed and some days he's gonna be burning down your Christmas tree. Your yeah. job is to move forward anyway. And someone told me the other day this really wonderful line, which is your weaknesses are your, are your strengths turned up too high. Have you ever heard that before? No. So like in, so for example, so your, your weaknesses are your strengths turned up too high. For example, your inner critic <clears throat> turned up too high is like a, is a perfectionist. Yeah. Right? But like, it might be a strength that you're like, you have really strong attention to detail. You give a shit. Or that you give a sh- you care. Yeah. Um, so in this way that like, what is really good in you, but it's just the volume's a little bit too high, yeah. can be perceived as a weakness, right? Yeah. Or um, well, I thought that was just interesting to play with, right? This idea of the things that you 
are challenged by or that you like dislike in yourself that you want to change. Like there's something in those things that you can be grateful for. A hundred percent. Choosing to be grateful for those things and recognizing that it's trying to keep you safe and alive and comfortable and thriving. And it's yeah. all a story. And it's like, I see what you're doing there, yeah. but um, we're going to try this new thing. And I know it's scary and uncertain and unknown, but like we're going. Mm-hmm. So like, I love you. Thank you. Crazy egoic thing. Like, <laughs> we're going there. Yep. You know what I mean? Amen. And pe- even people who have m- multiple New York Times bestselling books yeah. find themselves in hotel rooms having to tell themselves to brush their own teeth. So yeah. I think it's fair to also say there is no day when you wake up as an artist or creator or writer or entrepreneur or human when the problems stop. There yeah. just is no day. And so if we stop searching for that day, and say, I will do today what I can do today, despite what's in front of me today, and make that the repetitive mantra, you will get so much further than waiting for that day that the heavens align and the clouds open up and the money is in in the bank account and and you're suddenly younger and you have a full head of hair and holy shit, it's off to the races. Yeah, I I think another way to to look at that is, um, I love that and agree with that. And I would say, like, suffer better. Mm. Like, like choose better problems. Like it's a really big problem to, um, to like not have enough money to pay your bills. Yeah. But it's also a, a big problem to like have so much money that you don't know where to invest it. You know, mm. to use like a monetary thing. So like right. obviously one problem is greater than the other, but on some level they're still problems. Yeah. You know I mean? And so recognizing that the problems don't go away, they just like, become different and they evolve mm-hmm. and like they get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, interesting. You know, so like, so like, yeah, your problem might be that your kids like throwing a temper tantrum, but like years ago it was a dream to have a kid. Right. Yeah. So, so framing that big picture perspective, like I always say to people like, like, how are you doing? Like people at work, you know, in line cashiers and shit. Like, yeah, you know, I get off in two hours and I'm like, Oh man, they're, they're bummed out. I'm like, oh man, remember like when it was a dream to get this job? Isn't that cool? And you just watch their faces and they're just like, oh, yeah. We're like, oh man, remember how you really, you really wished you got this gig? Or I don't know, like we forget that we're all living a, a dream that we used to have in some sense. Amen. That's, I think that's super, uh, super powerful. You know, how often did we just want a, a single audience Totally. A single client. I've, sh- I've done these webinars and shown up and been like, no one's here. I remember getting texts from you about that. Yeah, like, like literally. Well, talk to one person and then no one's here. Yeah, I'm dating her. And so she showed up to the webinar because this is like a pity show up. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, I'm not going gonna, to cut that out of the recording. Um, yeah, they've always. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to take too much more of your time. But I would love it if we could, can we announce what we have? We have a double probate, a double top secret probation secret that. Uh, uh, top secret. We haven't, we haven't told anybody. We haven't told anybody this. Are so, we doing it? Yeah, I think we should do it. Should we do it? I mean, it's too late now. It'd be okay, a, we're doing it. Annoying to not do it now. Okay, but. have a great night. See you guys. Yeah, see um, you guys. <laughs> Take care. Take care, everybody. You. Do, you, do you ever have that with people? And they're like, oh my God, I've got to tell you this thing. And they're like, okay, what is it? And like, oh, never, I'll tell you later. Like, oh, get fucked. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. that. That's why I lift weights. So it's like, nope, <laughs> I'm not putting you down until you tell me. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I don't have that, that Zeke. It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. Uh, so Jeremy and I have been putting our heads together secretly for the past, what, like month, two months? A little oh, while. But I would argue this is like a year in the That's making. True. This is a long time tried, in the making. We tried to do the Central America thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway. we are putting on a retreat on April 25th, 26th, and 27th, and 28th, just outside of Flagstaff or Sedona, Arizona. And it's going to be four days of, there's a link to it if you guys are interested, of exactly what you've gotten tonight. The two of us. <laughs> Donkeys. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> there, there will be no donkeys. Uh, <laughs> there will be no donkeys. Can you imagine people just hearing the audio of this? Uh, anyway, uh, we are, we, we're getting a bunch of people together. We're living all in the same house. Yeah. We're doing workshops in the morning, workshops in the evening, throughout the days. We're taking people's stories and whatever it is that you want to build, whatever it is that you need to unlearn and reframe, and we're going to be doing that with you, with a group of people who are all in. That's the only requirement we have for this. Well, you got to be really nice to, you've got to be all in. You got to be willing to play full out and say, okay, this thing that I've wanted to do has been stuck up until now and I'm willing to have it be blown wide open by these two guys in the community that's around us. Yeah, we're gonna fuck some people's shit up. <laughs> <laughs> in like the kindest, best in way, the you know kindest, what I mean? Best like, way. And we're gonna like go in the jacuzzi and like go to, there's a surprise nature adventure and it's, yeah, a, a, it's, a, thing. And it's a mansion that we've rented and like, yeah. it's gonna be dope. But yeah, we're so we're doing that thing. This is the official, so is the the official, official launch. launch of the uh, of uncivil bomb, uncivil. love civil thing. Yeah, that we're. Uh, I haven't even told my family I'm doing this. Actually, now that I think about it, if you <clears> want, <throat> I can hold the recording, or we can just like no, let's call them together after. They're not gonna go. Yeah, mine, mine won't either. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, so we're doing that. Yep. And you, you've got a surprise. Um, workshop around self-defense yeah i'm going to be teaching some we're going to be teaching some boundary work because i think especially for creatives um having strong boundaries is a challenge for us we either have too strong of boundaries and we have to be forced to do exercises to receive help or yeah. we have no boundaries or very limited boundaries and people walk all over us in the name of helping so yeah, I'm going to be running you guys through some, some very physical activities uh, in addition to all, the, all of the tricks that Jeremy and I know. We've put our heads together and crafted something that's extremely yeah. unique, and we'd love to see you guys all, of, all there. That'd be fun. Arizona. Arizona. We're going to be in Arizona. Yeah. 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 And we're like living together. We're going to get a private chef and like yeah. feed us all the food and and snacks. You you made it. You wanted me to. You wanted me to bring that up. Yeah, I, in the sales page, I made a point to say there's gonna be lots of snacks because like, the snacks. Like, who doesn't like snacks? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'd so, love to have you all there. Please yeah. pass it around if there's something you can't make the date. Um, we're looking yeah. for good people. We're looking for people like you all who are willing to come on and again play full out. And it's small too. There's only like ten spots. Yep. It's like, we're, it's like a thing. It's like an intimate thing, you know, we're after it. Yeah. We're not, yeah. If you know anybody in the region or that wants to come hang with a couple knuckleheads that, that genius, talk a lot of genius doctor, doctor, <laughs> doctor. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, I'm an acupuncturist. I may sort of be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. So yeah. lastly, please let me thank you, Jeremy, uh, not just for your time and your energy tonight, but, but truly uh, both as your friend and as a man uh, for what you're doing in the world. I mean that. Uh, I am eternally grateful to know you, to have you in my corner. But even if I didn't, um, I would be just grateful knowing you're out there planting the seeds and doing the work you are in the world. So if you guys would all just take a minute and if you're not muted, if you are muted, just thank him for his time. And I just want all the silent applause possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just, bask in it. If we, if we could both clap for you. There we go. There we go. Uh, this is fun, man. This is this super beautiful. fun. I love you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We got, uh, we got another one of these. Cheers, everybody. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. You're welcome. See you.